0: This is Joy Coleman, Chair of the Lawrence Historic Resources Commission. It's the third Thursday of the month and I'm calling the meeting to order. Avery, would you like to give the preliminary meeting information?
1: Yes, thank you. Good evening and welcome to the August 17th Historic Resources Commission meeting. My name is Avery Kerner and with me is Lynn Braddock Zollner, the Historic Resources Administrator Together we will work alongside the chair to facilitate the meeting proceedings tonight. Before we begin, I have just a few reminders to share with everyone. Tonight's meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. For those who are attending the meeting virtually, please remember to mute yourself when you are not actively speaking to help minimize distractions. When the chair calls for public comment on an item, anyone attending in person may approach the podium to speak. If you are attending the meeting virtually and would like to provide public comment on an item, please use the raise your hand feature to be called upon. We also ask that everyone state their name before they speak to ensure that everyone is able to follow along. And with that, I'll turn the meeting back over to the chair.
0: Thank you, Avery. Now we'll take a roll call. Uh, um, A roll call. (laughs) Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein here. Commissioner Meyer? Here. Commissioner Johnson? Here. Commissioner Azelle? Here. And Chair Coleman is here. I understand we have two commissioners absent, Commissioner Hawley and Commissioner um, Haynes. We'll move to communications. Have we received any communications from other commissions, State Historic Preservation Officer, or the general public? have no communications this evening fantastic um now it's time for disclosure of any ex parte communications um i had a conversation with a board member um with the uh, east lawrence
2: neighborhood association
3: this is commissioner meyer um i actually had a meeting um with the owner of 1346 ohio street um as part of that meeting i actually took a tour of the actual property, as well as a couple adjacent properties to that
0: house. Any other ex parte communications? Okay, any declaration of abstentions for specific agenda items by commissioners? Hearing none, do we have committee reports? The Architectural Review Committee has
4: met in the past month about 738 Missouri Street which is item number two on your agenda and that can be discussed during that agenda item.
0: Perfect. Okay, we'll move to item B, consent agenda. We have some meeting minutes. and administrative approvals Uh, can we do those in one yes yes do i hear a motion yes Um,
2: commissioner klein i would approve um, or move that we approve the action summary of the july 20th uh, meeting as well as all the attached design review
0: applications and other minutes thank you mr meyer i'll second that thank you commissioner klein and commissioner meyer We'll take a roll call vote. Commissioner Klein? Aye. Commissioner Meyer? Aye. Commissioner Johnson? Aye. Commissioner Izzell? Aye. And Commissioner, or Chair Coleman is aye. Passes five, nothing, five zero. And now we'll take some public comment if there's any. (laughs)
5: Hi, my name is Chris Berger. And trying to work through some... We live in a historic district, and um, trying to work on some solar issues as well. Being in a historic district, not an actual historic property, and trying to deal with solar is is a complicated thing for you and for us. And um, just recently, from uh, a June meeting, just got published in August. The Advisory Council on Historic Preservation, with the Feds, uh, went ahead and published in the CFR some advisory kind of thoughts for you on how to deal with the combination of um, alternative energy with historic areas. I know it's been pretty strict in the past, and. The, the feds are now recommending you be a lot more um, kind of broad-minded and try to accommodate you know uh, climate issues with regard to historic districts. I'd ask you to take a look at that at some point in time because it is new, came out on like say August 3rd, um, and is asking for more liberality so as to allow for those alternative energy uh, applications. For example, you know, we look at a historic district, and certainly asphalt roofs were never considered to be historical. But we would never not really use asphalt nowadays because of safety issues and insulating capacity. And equally, solar panels fitted on a roof, which are not in the very front. And it's not part of a, a real primary feature of the house as far as the his, historicity of it um, should be considered. And uh, hopefully, uh, you guys in the future will be able to accommodate that a little bit more. So just asking to think about that and, and consider the new rules or new suggestions that came out. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Is there any other public comment? Hearing none, we'll move to the public hearing items. The first item DR (coughs) 2300191.
4: Me about five minutes. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator for the city. Um, the first item on your agenda this evening is. 1346 Ohio Street this is demolition and new construction it's an OREAD neighborhood design guidelines review Um, the Commission looked at this project two months ago and sent it to the architectural review committee to see if there were design options that would better help the project meet the OREAD neighborhood design guidelines the property is located in the district MUUC of the OREAD neighborhood design overlay district the um, MU district is very different from the other districts in the OREAD neighborhood design overlay district it is truly a mixed-use different district and it has specific guidelines that are not like the neighborhood wide design guidelines they're um, focused more on having that commercial element at the ground level with residential above or at least part of the um, mixed-use project this is showing the project location here outlined in blue with 14th Street to the south and Ohio Street to the west and you can see here's the outline of the existing structure and there is already a driveway off of 14th Street (coughs) this is the existing structure staff is of the opinion that this is a character defining structure for the district Just walking around the structure a little bit, the rear of the structure. Um, The applicant submitted information about the severe foundation issues for the property, and this photo shows some of those foundation issues. You can see the bulging of the wall and the cracking. Here's another photo of that. And they don't really do it justice when you have this kind of um, severe foundation issue. It's really hard when you're not there in person to see the full extent of the issues. This is a rendering that the applicant has supplied for the proposed um, replacement structure. If you notice, it is not a residential-looking structure. It goes more toward those MU design guidelines where it looks more commercial. It would be more in keeping with the commercial feel of the properties to the north. It meets um, the design standards for the MU district. It has the elongated windows. It has the storefront system. This is showing it in elevation form with the door here and the windows that are an appropriate size. When we looked at this before, there was concern about the window sizes and that's something that was worked out with the architectural review committee. This is showing that south elevation. This is the residential portion of the structure on the right side of your screen. And this is showing a rendering of that south elevation. If you notice, there is stone up to a water table. That's one of the guidelines for the MU district. Um, There's a change in material from um, the foundation to the first floor brick, and then a separate color brick for the upper story. And then the residential portion of the structure would have lap siding. This is showing the rear of the structure. And this is showing that um, north elevation, you really wouldn't be able to see any of this part of the structure. You would be able to see this. And again, a pretty nighttime view of the proposed structure. Staff struggled with this because of the existing condition of the existing structure, but it is um, a demolition request for character defining structure in the Oriad Neighborhood Design Overlay District, and there is a specific guideline, um, Chapter 4D1, that says, Character-defining structures shall not be demolished. There is a replacement structure um, for this. That's another one of the guidelines under demolition. And... Staff is of the opinion that this replacement structure meets those design criteria for the MU district. The Architectural Review Committee met with the applicant on this project and looked at the revised drawings and elevations that were submitted, and the two commissioners on that committee were supportive of the revised um, project. And I'll let Commissioner Coleman speak to that if she would like to. And with that, I'd be happy to stand
0: for any questions you may have sure yeah this one was a a difficult one because of the mu district and um, it currently the structure you know the historic structure being built as a a home and then modified over the years and now the requirement for the for the um, zoning is that it's uh, commercial and so then the design guidelines kick in and then it wants to be a, a more commercial-looking design. So very difficult. Does anyone have questions on this item?
6: I have a, a, a question about the the garage. What, I might need to see the elevation. Is there a garage door? Or how is that? we've that. Because there's like a tree in front of it right now. <laughs> oh, okay. All right.
0: Uh, all right. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should let the yeah. applicant yeah. speak and then.
7: Yeah. You can get me to where I need to be, hopefully. Ooh, there it is. Nope. Yeah, you're fine. We were. Your mouse is as bad as ours. Oh, I just had it. Try the green button at the bottom that
8: says share screen. Okay, there you go. Uh, share, there you go. All right,
7: perfect. Thank you. From whoever's over there in the corner, I got it. Um, Paul Warner, Paul Warner Architects, thank you. We almost have the same presentation, Lynn. So, um, there is as Everybody's already said there's a lot going on with the site. It's pretty small. There's already an existing structure. It's zoned MU, which we don't get to do this very often, so um, it was um, a great trip to the ARC, and um, we're happy to show you what, what we came up with. Um, the biggest thing on the floor plan I wanted you to see was the front. Um, Lynn's already mentioned it. that. Um, we used to have kind of this porch, which was much more of a, a residential-looking um, structure. And while we were here, we do so much residential stuff. We had the 18, um, we had it stuck in our heads that the first floor is supposed to be 18 inches above the curb line, which really makes sense for the residents. It really doesn't make sense for the commercial. So that was one of the the first things we uh, we managed to fix. Um, this is the original elevation. Mm. Clearly a porch, metal roof, smaller windows, um, the, the same thing going on, more of a residential feel. This is the new elevation, um, much more commercial, fixed the windows, changed the canopies, got rid of the, um, the, the, the porch, lowered the building, um, and then worked on the materials. We probably had too many materials going on, so um, we feel better about that. Um, saying the 14th Street elevation stone as Lynn already mentioned to a water table and then we see two different color bricks um, and then the residential towards the east um, and then some renderings that um, you know looks a lot more commercial um, than previous which is what you're supposed to do um, so, so we're pretty pleased I think I think we've done about everything we can um, and you know, we're excited about the project. So um, I'd like your support and happy to answer any questions.
2: So where is the garage?
7: It is on the far right side
2: So level. So those aren't windows, that's the garage door?
7: It is a garage door that is, it's built like a single panel um, with windows in it. That's probably not rendered perfectly. Um, because we didn't want garage doors facing the street. So that elevation, if you can see this on the farther right side, the OREA Design Guidelines discourage garage doors facing the streets, but we don't have access to an alley. So we're trying to make it look more like three windows, and it happens to be a single panel of a garage door that would lift up.
6: So is it glass top to bottom? No, it's, it's
7: more like it's more like a large double hung window, three of them um, paired together.
6: And then what's on the
7: and then on a, the very a, bottom? Then a trim on the bottom, so it'd be like one eight foot wide, seven foot tall panel that would all move at the same time. Okay.
0: And there's glass in it, or
7: there is glass in it. Yeah said we wanted to try to make it look like there were windows there as opposed to, which I think it'll work. Mm-hmm. It's probably not rendered perfectly. Mm.
6: And the driveway?
7: Um, so the driveway is in approximately the same location as as where it is now. Um, and just, I think, as we already pointed out, in one of the renderings, um, it was shown as being grass, which it can't yeah. be grass. Oh, it's not showing up on, hold on. Oh, there. There. sorry.
6: On the side, okay.
7: I didn't realize it looks different here. Yes, so there is a driveway there. Mm -hmm.
6: Which is the existing curb cut. Um,
7: Pretty much. Pretty close, yes. That's all I have. Thank you. Thank you.
0: I believe we're considering two items in this one item. One is the demolition of the current building and then the other would be if demolished would this design be appropriate. Right.
3: Approving the dem- this is Commissioner Meyer. <clears throat> Either approving or rejecting the demolition and then if approving the demolition making it a determination whether it needs to develop and design standards of the Orient Neighborhood Design Guidelines.
2: So um, Lynn, I was curious. You said the staff struggled with this. I know the, um you said the structural um, foundation is severe. Were there any other reasons for struggling with def- <coughs> uh, demolition besides the foundation?
4: I. Most of the interior historic features have been removed from the structure. Um, It's had several divisions. The original spaces aren't present anymore. The foundation was the primary issue of concern for staff. Um, The condition of the foundation, um, I can let Paul speak more to this, but to repair the foundation you'd have to lift the structure um, remove and completely rebuild the foundation and then set the structure back down Um, that's it's possible but it's um, not very practical and I think that's why staff struggled so hard with this um, because it is character defining for the district but it may be that the condition of the structure warrants demolition
3: this is Commissioner Meyer I don't know if we for a discussion yet but I, I since I was in the property maybe I'll, I'll add a few things to it um, I, I don't think the pictures of the foundation the basement do do it justice it looks pretty bad as well as other parts of the basement that were not um, in those photographs so I agree that the foundation is a real problem now I mean this owner has repaired these things in the past some of the other houses in the neighborhood um, that have expanded into you know having multi uh, multi multi-tenants it's it is very expensive Um, and i i didn't broach this issue but i can imagine that the cost of doing it based on the costs that they've had in the past would not be financially feasible in terms of what would be going into this particular one is that Fair to say, I mean, it's not the same thing as getting eight tenants in a house that you've done with the foundation and you can make money off of it. I mean, there's tenants here, but I, I don't think it's the same thing. And the rest of the house is bad. I think that I went upstairs. I'm trying to remember. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I think, in terms of using it for the mixed use, it's 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 really problematic as a property to to make it into to something like that. Um, with the ceilings and everything else so um i think it's and it's kind of disappointing it is where it is but it it would take a lot to do it would be a lot of money into it for to save it i guess is what i'm saying yeah it's
2: just when i look at the new design it just seems like um it the contributing the so-called contributing part of it is wiped out because it's no longer residential and it's really extending that block, the two commercial uh, uh, businesses next to it, as one long commercial strip. Um, and I'm just wondering, you know, I just, I'm I, obviously, we can't predict the future, but it just bodes for more commercial um, in that immediate neighborhood or that block, it seems to me.
9: Then that's what it's zoned for. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: let's take some public comment if there's any um, before we discuss further is there any public comment on this item <coughs> no well then let's continue this <laughs> <laughs> um, but the zoning issue it is I mean it is a uh, zone for commercial right mm-hmm. and yeah. so if if the property was repaired as it is it would still not be appropriate for the commercial zoning Mm -hmm. unless it it would grandfather
9: in
6: something that could function as a commercial property i mean i Mm said yeah i won't speculate further but yeah but the 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 thing is is that um it wouldn't necessarily cause more commercial unless there's more multi-use commercial zoned. So it's not it's not as if this would necessarily spawn more than what has already been zoned for that. Mm-hmm. So so I, I'm cognizant of that fear, but It's following what it's zoned for, um, and it it doesn't necessarily have to have the fate of that there's more um, unless things
2: get rezoned uh, significantly. Lynn, could you share with us again how far the commercial zoning extends from that particular building around this one? i can't remember if there was a slide for that or not if 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 it was in our um packet that's a good question Mm -hmm. you know how how far from that spot of how far it extends out
0: sorry
1: do you have an image of it Lynn?
4: Yeah, I've got the map right here if I can get to it. So this is the property that we're discussing right now, 1346. 1340 is zoned MU and I believe 414 is this corner. That's zoned MU, and this was done with the Oria Neighborhood Design Overlay District. So it was anticipated when that district was adopted and the design guidelines adopted that this would be a mixed-use commercial residential structure. Okay, and remind
2: us is 50 on the on the left side 502 1341 and 1339 are those residential looking are those like apartments or they're residential residential okay and then on the other side the right side the 1343 1339 1333 are those residential those are residential okay, okay. so we're really talking just this block i mean just, just this, this corner, corner. Mm-hmm. just the corner
0: okay yeah and those other buildings there are multifamily residential not single
10: well
3: and at least the one not the one directly across the street the couple over i mean that's the same owner right i mean so he's he's redone those residential properties on the opposite side of the street so um and at least i think one put a substantial amount of money into it so i don't think it's like somebody's probably going to come in here and suggest change zoning and tear that down Uh, so it's 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 a weird corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's
2: always been, yeah.
0: It's a
3: tough one.
6: Well I, I will I'll make a motion <clears throat> give it a give it a whirl um, <laughs> Sad to say uh, motion is to approve the demolition of the structure located at 1346 Ohio Street uh, due to the uh, condition of the foundation and the lack of character defining, um, uh, interior, um, and the financial feasibility of making a mixed-use structure work.
9: It's Commissioner Zell, I second.
0: Okay, is there any discussion before we take a roll call vote? No? Commissioner Klein?
2: Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm going to vote no.
0: Commissioner Meyer? Aye. Commissioner Johnson? Aye. Commissioner Isell? Aye. And Chair Coleman is aye. Passes four to one. Thank you.
3: Um, I would, uh, we need to do the second part of that. Mm -hmm. So I would move that we find that the proposed revised project meets the development and design standards of the Oriad neighborhood design guidelines for the Oriad neighborhood design overlay district. I,
0: I second. Thank you, Commissioner Meyer and Commissioner Johnson. Um, take a a vote to Commissioner Klein. I'll vote yay. Commissioner Meyer? Aye. Commissioner Johnson? Aye. Commissioner Yazell? Aye. And Chair Coleman is uh, aye. Passes five. Oh, zero. Hmm? oh yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Moving on to item number two, DR twenty three zero zero two two five.
1: Commissioners. Uh, okay, so this is item DR-23-00225 and with this application, the applicant is requesting to construct a new one and a half story single family structure at 738 Missouri Street. This is a certificate of appropriateness review because the house is located in the environs or the project is located in the environs of the Johnson Block Historic District standard 9 of chapter 22 and the illustrative design criteria listed in section 22-505 apply this map shows the location of the proposed project in relation to the johnson block historic district and its environs this item came before the commission back in july the project includes an attached garage which is atypical for the environs and the historic resources commission forwarded the project the architectural review committee to explore design options for reducing the appearance of the attached garage the applicant met with the architectural review committee earlier this month to to discuss and review a a revised set of plans the revised plans and a list of the proposed changes were included in tonight's packet On screen are the revised and previously proposed site plan showing the footprint of the proposed structure and the changes made to the footprint of the portion of the structure that connects the main house to the attached garage. Next is a side-by-side view of the revised and previously proposed front west elevation of the structure. The initial elevations propose the use of stucco on the west, north, and south sides of the main portion of the structure. The revised elevations propose the use of fiber, cement lap siding, and painted shingle siding on all sides of the structure to match. Next is a side-by-side view of the revised and previously proposed north elevations. Here you can see how the wall height and the roof lines were modified and reduced on the portion of the structure connecting the main house and the garage. Two new windows would also be added to the lower connection and a different siding and trim treatment would be used on this portion of the connector to further create a sense of separation between the house and garage. The revised and previously proposed east elevations show the new proposed use of fiber cement lap siding but remain relatively unaltered. And then here the revised proposed south elevate, revised and proposed south elevation uh, show the change in the appearance of the connector with the changes that were made to the height and the roof lines of that connector. Staff is of the opinion that the proposed project, as revised, would not encroach on, damage, or destroy the listed property or its environs, and recommends issuing a certificate of appropriateness. And with that, I'd be happy to answer any questions. Is the applicant present?
11: Good evening. Mike Myers with Hernley Architects. Um, yeah, we we um, Staff has done a great job of presenting the changes. Um, and as we met with the ARC, um, I think the ownership of the project felt pretty good about the changes as well. Um, really just kind of want to stand for questions if anyone has any. Um, we're, uh, yeah.
2: Please. Um, I was curious to know, uh, based on the, um, I think it was the ARC recommendation, if, if you're also willing to use um, the same siding material on all four sides as opposed to the stucco on one?
11: Yes, absolutely. We did um, submit a revised uh, front elevation that changed the front to a, to a, a fiber cement lap siding and then a, a shingle siding up in the little gable parts and, mm-hmm. and the front dormer just to provide a little bit of character back to the front, so okay. yes, absolutely.
9: That change in the roof made a huge difference.
11: It really did, and and in retrospect, it was unneeded volume,
5: really. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Looks great. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
6: Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm I'm a little bit on the the breezeway section. I'm not quite sure what the elevation is showing me with the the darker parts, and then just the white space.
11: So what my attempt was there with the lowest part of the connector, the upper part is, is actually you know a full part of the house at the floor elevation of the house. Now the garage is several steps lower because the alley is lower. <clears throat> so that lower section, my my attempt there is to use a slightly different wall treatment and to put some windows in it, to have it read as a breezeway. So it seems like a connected garage rather than, you know, a garage that's a detached garage that's been connected rather than... Yeah. Yeah. full part of the house yeah. which it you know yeah. definitely read more as connected before yeah, thank I you
6: thank you I I could I did not understand that section but light bulb I do now thank you
9: certainly big improvement mm-hmm.
0: thank you is there any public comment on this item Oh, hearing none, um, is there any other disque- uh, discussion or questions or um, would entertain a motion? I
2: um, I would move that um, we, uh, in accordance with Chapter 22, that the standards of uh, evaluation, where am I, <sighs> that we approve. Right, I'm looking <laughs> for the language. I'm always looking for the language.
3: That That's if a here. consistent material is used on all sides of the structure, that the proposed project would not significantly encroach on, damage, or destroy the landmark or its environs. Great, and no. then we should. I'll second what you said. Issue a certificate. of <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So then Meyer made a motion, and Klein seconded. Any discussion? Nothing
3: like that. <laughs> yeah.
6: yeah. I I just want to say that that what what a successful cooperation and collaboration, that it just, I mean, that's such a clever solution and, uh, and really very, very good. Thank you, everybody, the ARC and the architects and the homeowners. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yes. Second that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll take a roll call vote on the motion. Commissioner Klein? Aye. Commissioner Meyer? Aye. Commissioner Johnson. Aye. Commissioner Azell? Aye. Chair Coleman is an aye. Passes five to zero. Thank you. Thank you. Moving on to item number three, DR twenty-three zero zero two three six.
4: Sorry. So this is 801 New Hampshire Street. It's the rehabilitation of the second floor space of the building and a new exterior stair on the um, east elevation of the structure. This is a state law review because the property is located in Lawrence's Downtown Historic District, listed in the National Register of Historic Places. It's also a Downtown Design Guidelines review because the property is located in Lawrence's um, Downtown Urban Conservation Overlay District. This is showing the project location outlined in blue. The red is the National Register Historic District, and the same area um, is included in the Overlay District. This is showing the primary elevation, or the north elevation of the structure. There was mention in your staff report When the downtown district was listed, this was actually a non-contributing structure because the storefront had been boarded over. Since that time, the applicant has gone back with new infill that better represents a historic storefront. Staff had conversations with the State Historic Preservation Office, and they concurred with staff that because of the rehabilitation of the structure, it is contributing to the district now in its current form what would need to happen would be the property owner would submit a part one of the federal rehabilitation tax credit program to change the non contributing status to contributing if they change the status to contributing then they would be eligible for a 20% um, rehabilitation tax credit for the federal tax credit and a 25% rehabilitation tax credit for the state tax credit this is showing that east elevation of the structure where the new stair will be. The alterations on the second floor are minimal, mainly for mechanical equipment and um, changing this window to a door to um, provide access to the new stair. Mm-hmm. This is showing that front elevation where the stairs on your left. And this is showing that east elevation with the window changed to a door and the stairs coming down alongside of the building. The current sidewalk dining area will be reduced. Um, so because right now it goes all the way over here,
0: mm-hmm.
4: there is mentioned in your staff report that the reason the staff would have preferred that this be a freestanding stair. The reason the applicant chose to attach it to the building is this is a very narrow sidewalk mm-hmm. and there's a tree planter close to the edge of where the stair will be located mm-hmm. and the applicant was trying to provide as much um, free sidewalk space as possible. So staff is of the opinion that the proposed project meets the Secretary of the Interior standards and will not damage or destroy any historic property included in the National Register of Historic Places or the Register of Historic Kansas Places. Staff is also um, recommending that you find the proposed project meets the development and design standards of the Downtown Design Guidelines for the Downtown Urban Conservation overlook District. I'd be happy to stand for any questions you may have. Thank you. Um, I searched
2: hard for the, for the stairway to find how wide the um, sidewalk is going to be after
4: the stairway is installed. The sidewalk width doesn't change, but the passageway on the sidewalk would be reduced. Uh, do you know off the top I was trying to visualize it all
0: yeah I was thinking the same thing but then I realized there is um a lower level entry that has a railing around it so it's it looks like the stair would occupy that kind of width where that railing is now mm-hmm. yes and you can see the railing
6: right here well actually a little bit less than where the railing is the proposed north elevation number two you can see that there Railing goes up further than the stair, or
2: it looks like it does. Well, and then the, the tree planter is not until um, I always called it, it's the Barteldi's uh, warehouse. Um, so the tree is is actually in front of Barteldi's, right? Yes. As opposed to another one, you were saying there was another one nearby, the stairway. Right.
4: well, that's the one that because the stair will come down here. And all the way down this way. Okay. So if between this corner and the stair is where they were trying to minimize or actually maximize the sidewalk space. Whereas if it were freestanding, it would encroach further into the sidewalk. So your sidewalk space between the edge of the stair and the corner of the planter would be less. Okay. All right. Thank you for that.
9: Is that a stairway going down to the basement entrance or something under? There is?
4: That's That's a stairway in it. it. Yes, it is a stairway.
9: Are you going to do something with that railing on that?
0: I think
12: we can hear from from the applicant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Letitia Cole, Paul Werner Architects. Lots of questions. I'll answer that last one first. Um, The stair to the basement, we had not planned on touching it with that railing. Um, We certainly could, but I don't know if it's necessarily needed. Um, The stair, I'll answer that previous question. So then the stair is almost four feet out from the building. And one of the things that Lynn had asked um, during her review was about it being freestanding. Um, and that it's a, if we had if it was freestanding, it would need a column at the corner, and that column would be four feet from the corner of the planter, and so with it being attached to the building, we don't have to have a column at that corner because it's attached to the building, and we can just we can minimize that structure. So that's that's what that that four feet to that plant the corner of the planter to where a column would be projected down is like four feet. And that just felt way, I mean, you know, six feet is sort of the standard for the sidewalk width downtown. And I realize this isn't mass, but we're still trying to maintain that same walkability. So that's the reason for the attaching to the building. Um, I will also just say just just a little bit that we've been working for Oh, almost 10 years on different versions of trying to get occupancy to the second floor. I'm sure Lynn remembers several of them. <laughs> um, it is a tricky building being on the corner, being boxed in. We don't really have a back, we just have a front and a side, and they're both on the street. Um, we, just to review a few of those, just maybe this will answer some of the other questions too, is that we you know we tried to get the the stairs to the second floor that are existing are um, not they do not come to the to the street level like a lot of buildings on Mass Street do it's you enter the front door and then you go up the stairs and they are open to the to the first floor level if you've ever been in the tap room um, we did one where we did we tried to do a little vestibule and we could go up and down but the problem there is that there's a step up. To the tap room floor, or the, you know, up from the sidewalk up to the entrance, mm-hmm. and then the grade also drops off from that door down to New Hampshire. So there's literally no way to get an accessible entrance. And by the time we make those changes, then they were required to be accessible. And so that was sort of, and it didn't work great for the the current tenant, the tap room, either. Another one we tried was making that. Um, Kind of old receiving door on that far south end of the east elevation there we tried doing a small stair and then doing an interior stair there but again that cut up the whole inside took away all of the storage and cooler space that the tap room had and that just didn't work either because it sort of made that a long time tenant kind of an impossible to keep mm-hmm. going so this really seems like to us the best answer to gain access to the second floor it's been empty for a very long time so um i'm happy to answer any other questions you guys might have
0: so then the new stair would come down um from that new door location and as it gets close to the ground the existing two pipe rail would stay intact below it
12: it spans over the stairs and provides plenty of head clearance to that for that existing basement stair.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very clever mm-hmm. solution. Yeah,
12: Yeah, that part of the sidewalk's already being used, so it seems like right. we're not taking away from anything there. Mm-hmm.
0: And would the railing, um decided that that encloses like the
12: outdoor area of the tap room.
0: would that be changed or would that stay the same
12: it gets a little bit smaller so it goes all the way just south of that storefront area that you see there and it would be cut about in half on that east elevation to allow enough room for the stair to come down but again it's sort of where that stair lands you know no one's going to be walking because the sidewalk dining already mm-hmm. covers that part of the sidewalk so it kind of protects that space for the stair landing. Okay. Any other
0: questions? No? Um, thank you. Uh, we'll take public comment at this time. Anything online? I do not see any comment online. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, discussion or? Uh, Motion, I think it's a clever solution and I think that the um, exposed uh, fire escape or stair would be in character with uh, the surroundings and I don't have a problem with it.
2: I would move if you're ready for motion. Um, that in accordance with the Secretary of Interior standards that um, and the standards of evaluation that we approve the project and make the determination that the project, project does not damage or destroy any historic property, including Bartaldi's, um <laughs> included in the National Register or State Register of Historic Places, and that the proposed project does meet the development and design standards of downtown design guidelines for the downtown
0: urban conservation overlay district. This is Commissioner Meyer, I second that. Thank you, Commissioner Klein and Commissioner Meyer. If there's no discussion, we'll take a, a vote. Um, Commissioner Klein? Aye. Commissioner Meyer? Aye. Commissioner Johnson? Aye. Commissioner Azell? Aye. And Chair Coleman it's an aye. It's five to zero. Pass. Good luck. Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too. Item number 4 DR2300263
1: Okay. Uh, thank you again. This is item doctor 23 zero zero two six three, and with this application The applicant is requesting to raise and make facade improvements to the existing structure at 908 indiana street the proposed project is located in the oread commercial uc6 district of the oread neighborhood design guideline or design overlay district and exterior improvements require compliance with the oread neighborhood design guidelines On screen is a map showing the location of 908 Indiana Street within the Oriad Neighborhood Design Overlay District, with the blue shade indicating the Oriad UC6 Commercial District. The existing structure is a multi-dwelling structure, and because the use of the building is entirely residential, the Neighborhood Wide Design Guidelines in Chapter 4 of the Oread Neighborhood Design Guidelines apply. The project proposes raising the entire structure 16 inches using two rows of concrete masonry unit blocks. The facade improvements proposed include replacing the existing large format shingle siding on the north east and south sides of the structure with lap siding to match the front west end of the structure. The existing windows would also be replaced and per the applicant with the exception of the bedroom windows All existing windows would be replaced with new Anderson 100 series fiberglass windows of the same size. The bedroom windows would be enlarged to meet building code egress requirements. These photographs were submitted by the applicant to show the existing conditions and elevations of the structure. The first image is of the front west elevation of the structure, visible adjacent to Indiana Street. The second photograph shows the southeast view of the structure. You can see the difference in the siding material used between the two sides of the structure. This is the south elevation of the structure. And the east rear elevation of the structure. And then two views of the north elevation of the structure. Again, you can see the difference in the siding material used between the two sides of the structure. The applicant submitted revised plans earlier today, which addressed staff's questions regarding the raised porch foundation and replacement windows. The primary concern for staff was the exposed concrete foundation wall and the concrete masonry units. The revised plans submitted by the applicant propose a limestone veneer over the exposed concrete foundation wall and concrete masonry unit blocks instead of leaving them exposed. On screen is the revised west elevation that was submitted. Which, it, which shows uh, the proposed limestone veneer over the concrete foundation and CMU blocks at the bottom, as well as the brick uh, porch footings, which would be uh, retained and then raised to match. This would be the uh, north, this is the revised north elevation. And the east rear elevation. and then the proposed south elevation. Overall, the project or the proposed project meets a majority of the applicable guidelines for remodeling an existing structure. The guidelines do not recommend the use of synthetic stone, so staff would recommend clarifying with the applicant whether the proposed limestone veneer would be synthetic or not. Staff is of the opinion that if the limestone veneer used on the concrete, Uh, on the exposed concrete foundation wall and concrete masonry units were to be non-synthetic, then the proposed project would meet the intent of the design standards in the Oread Neighborhood Design Guidelines for the Oread Neighborhood Design Overlay District. And with that, I would be happy to help answer any questions. So has the
2: applicant agreed to um, use uh, brick or stone for the concrete foundation wall and masonry units at the base? So
1: they have proposed using a uh, limestone veneer, uh, which if that were of a stone material as opposed to a synthetic material would be uh, would meet the Oread Neighborhood Design Guidelines. But
2: that's what I'm saying. Is this a make-or-break condition of the proposal is what I'm asking?
1: That was staff's primary concern. But Lynn, I don't know if you... That would be a make-or-break. Staff would recommend the use of... Uh, a non-synthetic material are you asking the applicant that question yes okay it's it's
2: an if then so i don't i'm asking if the if is going to happen
1: well i'm confused on
2: what but, was then good. will happen
13: good, good evening commissioners um can i address this yes
0: please, please?
13: oh thank you so uh, chris cunningham from CT design and development um I am the architect uh, working with Tom Larkin, the owner. Um, uh, Thank you for having us and um, listening to us. Uh, We have, we received the comments from Lynn um, and Avery and um, are happy to um, apply a limestone veneer on the exposed foundation and the blocks um, to raise the structure up. Um, No issue with that. Um, I think, you know, we haven't selected a Uh, a veneer an applied veneer yet uh, but i'm sure that we can find something that is um, that's actual limestone um, and non-synthetic so i don't i don't think that's an issue um, on our side uh, to uh, provide that to the project Um, happy to answer any other questions uh, that you may have
6: so we don't have a example of what that veneer would look like
13: not not yet um we have not selected that i i would offer up that it would be kind of a natural stone looking uh veneer that would be you know appropriate and uh, would look like you see on other building foundations Um, it would be an applied veneer not a full depth veneer but um yeah i think we could find something that uh, would be suitable and would be happy to uh, either uh provide some samples through images um you know for approval by Lynn and Avery uh just to make sure that we're going down the right track.
0: was was there also well could you walk us through the the raising of the building you're literally yeah absolutely new
13: yeah so um right now there' I guess in the past um, there were units down there um, in the basement um, but there's only like seven foot clear to the bottom of the floor structure so um, we all know that that's not you know desirable and actually not too coat so um, what we're proposing to do is lift the structure uh, 16 inches so that we can get, two rows of block uh, so we'll basically be at you know eight foot four to the bottom of the floor above uh, which gives us a little bit of room to run ductwork and mechanicals and and things like that and still be code compliant and um, have a nice habitable space uh, for new units in the basement
2: okay so i'm trying to visualize raising that size of a building up 16 inches is that what you're saying yes the whole, yes ma'am which is supposed to the other one we couldn't raise up
9: well they were going to raise that one 16 feet
2: uh, right okay I'm coordinating okay
0: thanks and are you proposing window and siding improvements as well
13: yes um, three I I think three or four of the elevations, or the three elevations have like a large format kind of shingle siding. Um, It it appears to have been added. You know, the building was added on to the east, um, and I think at that same time, they probably kind of clad those other three, the north, the south, and the east elevation, um, and put that that on there uh, the larger format tiles, um, whereas the uh, west elevation has the wood siding as the original wood siding that has about a four or five inch lap. Um, so we're going to take off all of the other siding um, and put on a cementitious, you know, either LP, LP or James Hardie, um, you know, lap siding that would have that same reveal um, as the primary facade. Um, and then also all the windows are, you know, leaky old <laughs> windows that don't, uh, don't offer much thermal value. So uh, we're going to rip those out and uh, trim them out um, like you would typically see. And um, so we'll have a nice, tight, um, energy-efficient building when all said and done.
2: And then do you also plan um, central air? Because I'm noticing all the window AC units in the apartments right now.
13: Absolutely. Yeah, that is part and parcel of the the, uh, interior uh, renovation. Okay. Yeah, the the inside is um, getting a pretty, I guess, significant uh, reconfiguration as well. So um, it'll be down to studs, if you will. And
0: the new windows, will those be the same size as the existing windows?
13: Yeah, give or take, you know, an inch or two, um, you know, just to kind of make sure. Well, we're going to use Anderson A100, the fiberglass windows. Um, you know, the goal is to get windows that will fit in the same rough openings. Um, as Avery mentioned, we do have uh, the, the bedroom windows were not currently sized to egress. So um, we're gonna make those new windows into the bedrooms just a little bit bigger um, so that we do meet current egress code uh, requirements. So um, other than six bedroom windows, um, all the rest of them will um, stay the same and hopefully be you know within uh, a fraction of an inch um, so that we can use the same rough opening.
0: Any other questions for the applicant? No, let's move to um, public comment. Is there any public comment on the item? No? Discussion? discussion Any more questions or a motion or what do we think
6: Well well I'd like to make a motion but I, I'm wanting to make sure that I get the wording right as far as um, we would like to say something like the foundation wall and concrete masonry units are clad with real limestone <laughs> um, natural. Natural limestone? Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll make a go at this. Um, move for approval if the exposed concrete foundation wall and concrete masonry units are clad with natural stone that meet the architectural guidelines in Section C3 for foundations and C7 for building material. Um, and find that the proposed project meets the development and design standards in the Oriad Neighborhood Design Guidelines for the Oriad Neighborhood
0: Design Overlay District.
9: Commissioner Izzell, I second.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Johnson and Izzell. There's no discussion. We'll take a roll call vote. Commissioner Klein? Aye. Commissioner Meyer? Aye. Commissioner Johnson? Aye. Commissioner Azell? Aye. And Chair Coleman is an aye. Motion passes 5 to 0. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Moving on to item 5, DR 2300265. <coughs>
4: this is demolition and new construction of an accessory structure for 1311 New Hampshire Street this is a state law review and a certificate of appropriateness review the property the primary structure on the property is listed as a contributing structure to the South Rhode Island and New Hampshire historic district National Register of Historic Places and the property and the accessory structure is listed as non-contributing to the district the property is also Located in the environs of the John Roberts house this shows the property location outlined in blue the red is the National Register District and this is the Roberts house over on Massachusetts Street the accessory structure is here along the alley mm-hmm. This is a photograph of the existing accessory structure. It's been altered quite a bit. You'll notice the flat plywood paneling on the side. There's still a metal corrugated roof. Um, The structure is deteriorating. This is showing that alley view of the structure. And then a view from the backyard. This is the site plan showing the location of the proposed new accessory structure. It's in a very similar location to the existing accessory structure. These are the elevation drawings. For the new accessory structure, it's very simple. With no fenestration on two elevations and then the garage door and the pedestrian door and a window on the east elevation. So, staff is recommending approval of the project as it meets the Secretary of the Interior standards and will not damage or destroy any historic property listed in the National Register of Historic Places or the Register of Historic Kansas Places. Staff is also recommending that you approve the Certificate of Appropriateness for the proposed project, finding that it will not significantly encroach on damage or destroy the landmark or its environs. And with that, I'd be happy to stand for any questions you may have.
0: Thank you. Is the applicant present?
14: I am. This is Will Johnson on behalf of Pam Gordon uh, with Hernley Associates. Um, Lynn, thanks for the presentation. Um, really, she covered most of everything. Um, this is a pretty straightforward, simple project. Um, the only thing I, I'd probably add, uh, just for some clarification, not that it's super important to to to, the, to this committee, but. Um, there's two things. Um, number one is just the size increase and just to explain why it was increasing. Um, it's just getting a little bit bigger just to make the, the structure a little bit more usable. Uh, the owner uh, wants to store bikes and lawnmower and that sort of thing. So uh, at it's current size that wouldn't be all that, that practical uh, with a car in, in it as well. Um, and then it's just moving slightly off of the, the, uh, the property lines. It is built, you know, directly on top of that Southwest uh, lot pin. Um, so it's just moving slightly to to, to, uh, to co- uh, come in conformity with uh, current setbacks and, and whatnot. So um, other than that, it's a, a pretty straightforward uh, project um, and structure. So I'd be happy to answer any other questions.
0: Thank you. As he says, it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, is there any public comment on this item? <laughs> Hearing none, commissioners, any discussion or anyone want to make a motion? I, think um, I
2: was going to move um, that we approve um, this project based in accordance with the Secretary of Interior Standards um, because the, de- the ter- determination is, is that this project does not damage or destroy the Castle Tea Room, um, et cetera, the, and the other national on, or, or state uh, register of historic places, uh, environs in that area. It's also in accordance with Chapter 2. Um, uh, it meets the standards of evaluation and will not significantly encroach or damage um, or destroy the landmarks or their environment environs. Uh, with this proposed project.
3: Lynn, can we do both of those in one motion? I, would you rather have two motions?
4: I would rather have two motions. Okay. Oh, thank you. Sorry. Um, okay. no, sorry.
3: I think what Jeannie did was make a motion regarding the state law review
10: first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. In this case,
3: I would second. Per state law, you motion to approve the project, make the determination that it does not damage or destroy any historic property included in the National Register of Historic Places or the State Register.
0: I second that. Very good. Take a roll call vote. Commissioner Klein? Aye. Commissioner Meyer? Aye. Commissioner Johnson? Aye. Commissioner Azell? Aye. And Chair Coleman? IS an aye. That one passes five to zero. And then I would, uh, Commissioner
3: Meyer, I would move that um, in accordance with Chapter 22 of the Code of the City of Lawrence, the standards of evaluation find the proposed project will not significantly encroach on damage or destroy the landmarks or their environs and issue the certificate of appropriateness for the proposed project.
9: Commissioner Zell, I second.
0: Thank you. We'll take a vote. Commissioner Klein. Aye. Commissioner Meyer, aye. Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Zell, aye. Chair Coleman is an aye. Passes five to zero. Moving on to item number six. Thank you all. Thank you very much. So, are we supposed to separate the previous two for 7:38, um, Missouri? It's fine.
2: It's okay. It's okay. All right. I don't want ever. <laughs> He's still learning.
0: Okay, item six is DR 20.00269.
1: <coughs> Thank you, Chair. Uh, this is Avery Kerner, planning staff. With this application, the applicant is requesting to construct a new detached garage structure along the alley at 820 Main Street. The proposed project is located in the environs of the Lewis C. and Ava Polar House at 801 Alabama Street. A certificate of appropriateness is required for the proposed project in Standard 9 of Chapter 22 and the illustrative design criteria apply. On screen is a map showing the location of the proposed project at 820 Main Street in relation to the listed property at 801 Alabama Street and the environs. The proposed accessory structure would have a footprint of 480 square feet and would be located in what is now an open rear yard. This is the proposed site plan for the property, which shows the the new accessory structure would be located in the northeast corner of the property, set back behind the existing primary structure on site and adjacent to the alley. These photographs were submitted by the applicant and show the rear yard of the subject property looking towards the property from the alley. And then this is a view of the rear yard, looking away from the primary structure and towards the alley. The overall height of the proposed accessory structure would be 21 feet. And lap siding and composite asphalt shingles would be used to match the existing primary structure on site. These are the west and north elevations of the proposed structure. The west elevation is what you would see if lo- you were looking towards the alley, away from the primary structure on site. These would be the east and south elevation proposed. The garage door on the east elevation would base and open towards the alley, and a pedestrian door would be provided on the south elevation. Based on the applicable standards of review, staff is of the opinion that the proposed project would be compatible within the context of the environs of the listed property, and would not encroach on, damage or destroy the listed property or its environs, and recommends issuing the Certificate of Appropriateness for the proposed project. And with that, I'd be happy to help answer any questions. Thank you, Avery.
0: If there are no questions, we can um, hear from the applicant if the applicant would like to uh, speak or it not. If you, are you here?
5: Hi, I'm Shine Adams. I'm the applicant. Just want to say hi and thanks for looking at it.
2: Thank you very much. I just wanted to say cool blue car. Thank you. <laughs> and just wondering, is it, is it going to stay outside of the, gar- the new garage?
13: <laughs> I, I believe the garage would be just perfect for holding it inside. Oh, so mm-hmm.
2: then the, the, the normal car does not have uh, the garage to sit in.
14: <laughs> no, ma'am
2: okay just curious it's a great car
14: thank you very much
0: is there any public comment on this item no any um questions for uh the applicant or staff or uh, a motion to make
9: this is commissioner Izzell. I would move that in accordance with chapter 22 of the city code of Lawrence the standards of evaluation staff finds that the proposed project will not can significantly encroach on damage or destroy the landmark or its environs and we recommend issuing the certificate of appropriateness for the proposed project. So
0: Commissioner Meyer I second that. Thank you commissioners take a vote. Commissioner Klein? Aye. Commissioner Meyer? Aye. Commissioner Johnson? Aye. Commissioner Azell? Aye. And Chair Coleman is an aye. That's passes five to zero. Thank you and good luck. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we'll move on to uh, item number seven, public hearing for the final draft of Chapter
4: 22. Commissioners, you did do a final recommendation for the adoption of Chapter 22 at your July meeting. Um, after there were some changes uh, requested by the East Lawrence Neighborhood Association that were discussed during that meeting with some staff responses to those comments commissioner Klein asked that this be placed back on the agenda for further discussion and in the meantime we also received a communication from Rob Richardson um, who had some comments and those comments were included in your packet the august 2023 final draft was added to the packet the only changes from the july version are those changes that the commission approved at last month's meeting staff has not had a chance to write out a full um, response to all of mr richardson's comments i believe he's here to speak as as this is a public hearing item if you would like to take public comment and then we can answer any staff questions that you may have
0: we'll take public comment at this time
1: uh mr richardson has raised his hand and did he freeze yeah i don't see him uh he's there he said lower right right rob if you would like to unmute and provide your comment at this time that would be appropriate
15: thank you i appreciate it i appreciate the time that you all spent on uh, historic resources this morning i live in a historic district i live in a house that will be a hundred here in a few months and i have participated in the state grant process, which was very frustrating and seemed like it was a very political thing to be able to get money out of that process. I've also participated in the state historic tax credit program from at home. And I was planning director in Kansas City, Kansas for almost 18 years where I supervised the historic preservation uh, for the city. Um, And so the other thing you probably ought to know about me is I'm a little bit of a policy guru, or not guru, but geek probably is a better word for that. And um, so I've got a few comments um, that I've reviewed with the chamber and EDC that um, I think are uh, important for this new ordinance as it moves forward. There's some situations in the new ordinance where you'll have a staff review um, of something, but there's no time associated with that review. And I think it's important for both the staff and the applicants to have a time frame for that review to take place. Um, I know having been in a planning department that things that don't have a time frame associated with them get pushed off when we get busy. So uh, I think to be fair to everyone, I think there should be a um, time time deadline for reviews when they're submitted if it's a staff review. Uh, I talked with Lynn a little bit about the makeup of your commission and um, after we just my comment i'd revise my comment a little bit one of ours that we had was a a member of the finance community and i think that when you're talking about if something is financially feasible or not sometimes having a um, banker or accountant or someone on the on the board that can really say yes this is this is a very difficult financial situation and that the numbers really don't work for this or they do work or they could do it differently, um, you might consider adding someone from the finance community to your um, to your required uh, member list. Um, the, most of my comments are related to just the drafting of the code and, and where things appear, whether they're um, stated in more than one place. If it's whose duty is it. Um, There's several things where it says like the commission shall do you know like manage properties and and historic resources and I, I know that you all sit on the ARB and you help folks out with things but you don't really do some of those things. And I, I, I think that that would be better stated that you would um, guide the staff in those um, in those situations and not that you're actually doing it. Um, I don't think you signed up to be out in in the community as much as this ordinance might suggest that you as members of the board would be out there. Um, And some of them are give you duties and you don't have funding for them. Nor really um, potentially even the real responsibility. Lynn and I talked about one where you know, you give You really get recommendations on the on the sale and or acquisition or accepting of properties and grants and money and things and it is with the uh, we did recognize that it's with the approval of the governing body but i I still think some of that is not truly clear in, in the ordinance um i was a little confused about what your other guidelines for historic resources were beyond the Secretary of Interior Standards. And I think Lynn explained it to me that really the only thing that you've added were the illustrations which are great. I love illustrations and codes. And I think that those are very well done. If there's anything beyond that though, I would would highly recommend that the community use the Secretary of Interior Standards and not add to that. That makes it confusing and more difficult for people to, to work with because they're already probably working with the zoning code, a master plan, and a a design regulation at the national national level, the local design regulation, and it just gets very confusing to blend all that together. I mean, I did that to myself as a planning director. We'd have the zoning code, then we'd say we'll do design regulations, an area plan, and a city-wide plan, and then you've got to look at four places at least to figure out what you can do. And that makes it very hard for staff review and it makes it very hard on applicants and so I would suggest that reducing the number of documents and places people have to look as they move forward is a very, um, it kind of helps everybody. It makes a job easier on the staff and easier on you when you're not, you don't have four documents that you have to look at at one time to get a project approved. I know that you only see one little segment of that but when they when they go from you to somewhere else then they've got to add the other codes into it. Um I want to make sure that when the order of the order, so if somebody files a, a zoning case and there's no historic resources involved in it, there's no environs, there's no district, there's no designated landmark, and they go through the process. And once they file that, it seems like this code would allow at some points in the process for somebody to try and file a district over the top of that and stop that process. And I, I'm not really sure that's what you intend with this. I, I don't know that it's it's fair to the applicants to allow somebody to file, file something after the fact that could stop their project. And I would encourage you to look at, at look at that uh, particular case. Um, I, I think that... The only other thing that I really wanted to discuss is related to the environs area and the context and that I think that there should be some things that could be accepted from that area and be done at the staff level and not done at your level. And you had two great examples of that tonight. Garages on alleys that you can't see from anywhere else. One is was almost at the very edge of the environs area and the other one you know was was kind of hidden down the alley so you couldn't really see it. I think those are great opportunities to allow the process to move a little faster, allow the staff to do that review, allow the applicant to appeal to you all if they don't they don't appreciate that but or if they don't appreciate the staff recommendation or the staff um, conclusion on that but I think that allowing some of those cases where you can't see it from the district. It has really no impact on the district and and there's no need for a a public action. That is something that could be done by the staff quicker. You don't have to wait on this meeting and you could get the projects moving forward a little faster and so in cases where the action is taking place can't be seen from the district or the landmark um, that you are trying to protect and in most cases, the landmarks are a visual element. I mean, in some cases, you might have something as a landmark because of who lived there. Some, in some cases, that is architecturally significant as well. But uh, in many cases, I think that these are opportunities that you could give those uh, cases to the staff to do at the staff level. And I, I don't think it would. They're still doing the review on it. They're, you know, you've seen how they do the review you could have them give you a summary of those and if you thought something wasn't going right, you know, you could make a mid-course correction. But on the topic of of the staff level reviews, I know that you're considering allowing staff to do certain reviews at the staff level anyway and those are not enumerated in the ordinance and I think that they should be. Um, that way if somebody is looking at this, um, and they're not, um, Lorenzian that is familiar with all this process, they would see that their case would be reviewed at the staff level and they could plan for that appropriately uh, versus having to move forward do an application and then find out after the fact, oh, this could be done at the staff level. I just think it's a little bit confusing. I think that you probably know what things you're comfortable with the staff reviewing and what things you'd rather see yourselves. And I think you should go ahead at this time and make that list and put it in the code. Um... I guess the, the final thing I'll say, and the, I really mean it this time. Um, in, in the zoning code, you have um, someone is denied, then they have to wait unless they make significant changes to it. They have to wait a period of time before they can reapply. And that prevents um, abuse of the neighbors and the neighborhood and you all as well. And you might want to consider a similar um piece of language in your code that if something's denied, they have to make significant changes before they come back. They can't just reapply over and over and over because that, um, it, it hurts, uh, your neighbors and their participation and, um, it kind of wears everybody out unnecessarily when, uh, if it was denied, they like, especially with historic resources, they probably need more significant changes than what they had in their original application. My other comments are in there for your, um, consideration. I appreciate your time this evening. If you have any questions for me, I'll I'd be happy to answer those.
0: Thank you, Mr. Richardson. I remember the list of right there were multiple documents submitted. Are we? Should we hear from each? You would want to go ahead and finish taking public comment. Oh, yes. Thank you. Any other public comment?
8: Good evening, commissioners. Dennis Brown, Lawrence Preservation Alliance. We're trying to understand what your options are here tonight. This was approved at your last meeting. You approved the minutes for that uh, tonight. Uh, and I'll read from the document to approve, to approve the final draft of Chapter 22 with the changes proposed by staff to reflect comments of the East Lawrence Neighborhood Association. The motion carries 5 to 1. Uh, I checked uh, in the LPA newsletters in February of this year. We had uh, a story on this uh, uh, on this. Process uh, public comment is open. If we were reporting on it in a quarterly newsletter, we know that it was at least February, but it's probably been more like January, or Lynn, you might know exactly yeah. November. So, so. You know, it's, it's obvious Mr. Richardson knows a lot about uh, constructing code. He's put a lot of thought into it. But for this to come in, and there's a lot to digest too, and, and really there's so many comments and a number of them aren't supported in terms of, well, why is this a good idea to make this change? Um, there needs to be some work, I think, to winnow that down and and uh, support the things that he really feels strongly about more, um, but. So, what do you do? Do you resend your vote, open it up again for public comment again, do that, and then vote on it again? Of course, you don't have a full complement of commissioners tonight. Then, a week later, somebody else comes up. You know, the thing is, if uh, with the HRC passing this, that doesn't make it code, it has to go on to the next step in the pipeline, which I think is in the legal department. Uh, And then at some point, it'll have to go to the city commission. And there'll be other opportunities for public comment. Uh, So it's not like there's no chance to comment on this ever again. There there will be before it becomes code. So I mean. I do appreciate all the work uh, Mr. Richardson has done. And maybe it would be appropriate uh, for him to spend more time with staff to kind of work on uh, uh, revising and supporting his comments for the next time this becomes a public uh, uh, comment. But other than that, I struggle to see how you're going to open this up after approving it in the last month. Thank you. To
9: me, most of uh, Rob Richardson's comments look like they came from legal. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. not all, but. Oh.
0: Yes, is there any other public comment? Hearing none, we can continue the discussion. What, um, I do have a clarifying question. What is the next step? It Since we did approve this last month with some revisions, then it's sent to legal, who then sends it to city commission? That would be the process,
4: yes. Um, The reason staff put this back on your agenda for consideration is because Commissioner Klein asked if we could bring it back to the commission for further discussion. So what you would need, you could take a new vote on the proposed, if there are proposed revisions, you can let your vote stand you can direct staff to make additional changes based on mr richardson's comments you can ask staff to make those changes and bring it back to your september meeting where you would take a a final vote on a final draft
3: this is term i guess i have a question commissioner klein about why you wanted to bring it back
2: um i've been Di- working and digesting this since January and we did approve three minor things we had like the digital and the include neighborhoods and I forgot the uh, objects objects yeah and so that's taken care of them um, it's not about that um, so I um, um, where was I um, okay I have my notes um, so that's why I wrote a Memo to all of you, um, with my concerns about how Chapter 22 impacts or contributes toward gentrification in East Lawrence, and that's why I was addressing because I'm I was still trying to clarify particular points in the code, um, in those regards, and I wanted to thank um, Lynn again for answering my questions um, via email. For, for most of those, so uh, I got those clarified. Um, so basically, what, what I was bringing forward um, this evening were basically three recommendations for three, um, well, for particular um, areas. Um, one is for us to do as the code states that we need a new survey, um, and I would recommend a, a new survey for the remaining areas of East Lawrence. Um, I mean, I'm not, Lynn, I'm, I'm not sure exactly in terms of. Sequence of conversation here because part of our emails back and forth had to do with um, a future work plan for the HRC. So some of these items could go under a future work plan, which would be, I think, separate from the discussion of what changes we want to make to 20, Chapter 22. Is that correct?
10: Yes. Okay.
2: So I don't want to get bogged down in too many things um, at at the moment. Um, um, so I think. In terms of chapter 22 per se um, I think my main concern my major concern and I will say my sole major concern um has to do with article 6 on the certificate of economic hardship um, we have differing opinions on the, what that means um, the um, Article, um, well, as, as I mentioned in my memo, no one, um, if to my, to, to, Lynn's knowledge, she told me that no one had ever applied for a certificate of economic hardship over 18 years, and my guess was because owners don't know about it, they don't know it exists. Um, And and so the purpose, of course, is is stated directly in Article 6, which is to provide relief when the strict application of this chapter would otherwise impose undue hardship upon the owner or owners of real property. So then you go to to Article 14, which is the final um, back of the Chapter 22, which has all the definitions. Um, it it also it has a definition for undue hardship which is defined as requiring significant difficulty or expense when considered in light of a number of factors but in my view the factors are not defined here Um, and I believe that uh, a key factor ought to be um, the income of the owners of record Um, and uh, because when you look at definitions online of what does economic hardship mean <laughs> in general okay um the cambridge dictionary defines economic hardship as difficulty caused by having too little money or too few resources i mean it's pretty basic mm-hmm. um so the fact that we're using that terminology um i think you know needs um we need to wrestle with that i, mm-hmm. I think it's worth mm-hmm. discussing uh, at, to some extent um and um the uh and, and, and um, um, staff's response to that, to uh, changing that definition or, or the article, um, had to do with um, the fact that um, there's a belief that we should not single out anybody for particular, um, I guess, what, identif- identity factors such as income. Um, but in my view, we're already um, singling out, um, upper income owners of historic properties and developers who have already been singled out for tax breaks and for incentives. So I think there's precedent for all that. And so um, um, so I guess what I'm saying is I'd like a discussion specifically about should economic um, considerations be included in chapter 22, at least in this definition of, of defining undue hardship, and defining when a certificate of economic hardship would kick in.
3: Did we we have any other public comment?
0: No, we had no other public comment. Do you have anything?
3: Um, well, let me just say this, and, and I unfortunately had to be gone at last month's meeting i was out of state um when uh we took a vote on it and approved it um and and maybe it's the lawyer or me but my take on it is that we've spent months reviewing chapter 22. Um, we've had public comment on it um and i'm i'm not inclined to to go back and and change anything at this point i mean that's what we've had all these meetings about um and I feel like if we we open that box now to start modifying things, then I then that's not an easy thing that we just do tonight. That seems like something we would have to give more public comment about that we've that we've changed it or that we're thinking about changing it or taking more into consideration. At some point, you gotta you gotta call it good um, so that we can move it along. This is not the final process of it, um, <clears throat> but I mean I, that's just my take. Is that there's been a lot of time and input put into it and um kind of that the, the time for that sort of ended last month mm-hmm. but i mean mm-hmm. i'm open to other suggestions about that
0: yeah i would agree um and the process that's why i was asking a the clarifying question about the process because it will be presented to the city commission and there'll be an opportunity for public comment at that uh at that venue and i think we've been looking at this for um 10 months since November yes so and yes Mm -hmm. and if we do not stop at some point it'll just go on forever and it's Mm -hmm. it's been too long since it's been revised Mm -hmm. as it stands well and and
6: I kind of think Commissioner Klein is wanting us to have a discussion about undue hardship and I'll just give my thoughts is that undue hardship is a double-edged sword And it's really difficult to list everything that could possibly be under a number of factors. And um, we humans are very good at gaming the system. And so if we did put in there the income of the property owner, I could certainly see some gaming of the system where there's a someone who is put there to own a property that has very little income to allow a historic structure to be demolished to then turn around and a developer comes in and voila, they have an empty lot to develop something on and so it's just so hard to be hard and fast about hardship when we can't be for certain about the the real intentions and inclinations of whoever it is that has interest in that property. And so you kind of have to leave it to that kind of general definition, historic resources to identify historic properties uh, requiring significant difficulty or expense when considered in light of a number of factors. And that's what this is for, is to try to figure out what's going on and are we about to demolish something because someone says, undue economic hardship when that's really not the case. And also to do it when they have done benign neglect, they've deliberately neglected it. And it's good to be able to have this more general definition so that when we do see, well, you've just neglected it, and it really should be left where it is, and somebody else come in and actually take the project over. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm leery of making this more specific for that reason. Um, also on Rob Richardson's comments, um, yes, I, I, I do think, Commissioner Zell, that a lot of this might get caught by, by legal, and we'll see what they say. Um, but the first thing about um, having a strict 30 days to review, it, it, there's too much to do. I mean, it, unless the, the the city will be willing to hire many more planners and reviewers, We can't hem ourselves in with that 30 days. We'll be having to approve stuff that shouldn't be approved, um, just because of that limited time period. I don't like that at all. So those are kind of my comments right now. And I I mean, I think we have looked over this and looked over this, and we're ready to go um, to the next step.
3: This is Commissioner Meyer again. And and Mr. Richardson, I I do want to say thank you for your very detailed email. I'll be honest. I think the first time I saw this when we got the agenda, which is seven days ago, um, and quite frankly, because of my schedule in the last seven days, there's there's no way I could have reviewed 35 items um, related to proposed changes in the code, and that's why I'm saying that. You know if we had had this information a few months ago that would have made it more feasible to to kind of get through all that and and i don't know mr richardson have you attended any of our historic resources commission meetings before
15: um i'm sorry i i I have not and i didn't realize how late we were in the process here um i met with lynn earlier this week and i i didn't get that indication so i i uh I'm happy to make these before the uh city commission and, and move on from there i i um i met with jeff um on july 27th and i didn't get any indication that we were too far uh, gone in the process at that time either so my apologies to you all for being tardy with this
3: oh and that's okay i my point was just you know um i i, I and I've said this before, and just for just for for perspective, I, I was on the Historic Resources Commission in the late two thousands for two terms, and now I'm, I'm back fulfilling a term as the attorney member, and I can tell you that you know back then, uh, sixteen years ago or whatever, the, I, I think the Historic Resources Commission was. There was a lot more things that were very contentious, um, and the process seemed probably to people to be more difficult. I will just say, since I've been on this commission in the last few years, um, that I I don't know that the process is perfect, but we approve darn near everything. We try to do it as expeditiously as we can. Um, I can't say that that is maybe true of staff reviews no offense lynn um because i don't know how long that back and forth takes but we're i think we're also mindful um when we send things to for example the architectural review committee i know one of the things that i ask people about is whether they even want to mess with going to the architectural review committee if you'd rather just rule and take it to the city commission for appeal you can um I don't even think we have that many things that do so i'm not trying to defend this body but i will just say that you know i I think that there's somewhat of a misconception that there's a development hang-up when people have to deal with us and and quite frankly i don't think our agendas are anywhere near what they used to be when i was on here um, back in somewhere around 2007 or or whatnot Um, so uh, just for perspective on that I, i i don't think we have as much conflict with the language and as an attorney I can appreciate the attention to detail in the code and the references and, and etc um, and maybe that maybe I'm wrong and that'll end up being a bigger problem later um, and something that I, I personally will even if we don't deal with it tonight but in terms of it going to the city commission we'll look at some of the points that you've made and perhaps make comments um, to the city Commission at that appropriate time so Anyway, sorry to take up all that.
15: But I appreciate your, I appreciate um, that. And thanks again for taking the opportunity. And if it's not, it doesn't have to be 30 days, but it, it, there ought to be a, a time in there that whatever the staff thinks it could be, I just put, I put 30 in because in my world, that was like the time the staff had to get from the application to when we had to submit something to one of our bodies. And so that meant, you know, whatever time they take to get it to you, they could have their review done in that time frame so anyway thank you for the opportunity okay
3: are you saying that based on your experiences in other locations is that what you mean
15: yes okay yes yeah so whatever time they take to get from the application to get it to you that would be a reasonable time frame for them to complete their review and if that's 30 days 40 days 60 days whatever that is but it helps everybody have time frame thank you thank you
2: so Lynn are you needing a needing us to approve the latest draft of chapter 22
4: tonight I believe we already did that. Mm-hmm. that's already been done y'all did that at your last meeting
2: okay Then then we
4: would discuss a work plan at another meeting that would be correct once chapter 22 22- is adopted by the city commission then we would start with a work plan for the HRC got it just procedurally okay
3: thank you so if we're leaving it where we left off last month we don't need to take any action correct, Lynn? I mean there isn't
4: no that's correct if if you don't want I mean you took public comment but if you want to stand by your vote from last month
0: that's that's fine Mm -hmm. Yes. We want to I believe we want to stand by our vote from last month. Yes.
3: I didn't vote because I wasn't here. but I'll stand by your uh, vote.
0: How about About that?
2: (laughs) And I'll stand by my vote. Thank
3: Thank you.
0: So that I believe brings us to the end of the agenda, unless there are miscellaneous items.
4: Staff has no miscellaneous items this evening.
0: great then we're adjourned
3: and and jody meyer has none either
0: (laughs) that's wonderful (laughs) thank you very much great we're adjourning thank you